Hello, everyone. This is the Woven Together podcast. We are on episode 21 today. Today, we're going to talk about know your enemy. And uh, many of us are are fighting battles. We know that that there's a lot, especially in this day and age, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities for us to get into arguments with people, uh, with our spouse, with, uh, you know, frustrating things we may see on the news, uh, different political arguments, all that kind of stuff. But today we want to really expose some things that we know will help you if you can know your enemy. How many know if we know who we're fighting, we're going to be way more successful than if we're simply swinging or punching at the air. (laughs) And so, uh, babe, why don't you just get into this, kick us off. I'm uh, Sean Wigley. I probably forgot our introductions. It's my beautiful wife, Dawn Wigley. Hello. And well, let's get started today on Know Your Enemy. Okay. Well, um, last week we had talked about that there's not just a natural realm, but there's also the spiritual realm. So we just kind of wanted to expand on that, like you were saying, and talk more about spiritual warfare, knowing the enemy. And when we understand that there is spiritual warfare, then we can learn how to recognize who the enemy is. And, you know, in the beginning... Satan didn't even show up until Adam and Eve were married and blessed by God. Right. So first there was the wedding and then there was war. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) We can all relate to that. First the wedding and then the war. Yes, especially ours. (laughs) Especially ours, yes. And, you know, I have heard a lot of people, like, uh, blame Eve about it was her fault of all this happening. Most and, Mostly men. We're like, yeah, if Eve wouldn't have eaten the apple, we would be. Right. Yeah. And there's a few that blame Adam. But, and you know, yes, both of them were wrong in their decision, but the root of it all was Satan. And, you know, Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. They didn't go to the root of it. Right. They were missing the whole point. Yes. And the reality is we can blame each other that doesn't matter. The, the the funny thing in there is people blame Eve, but God specifically, he told Adam face to face and Adam told Eve. So Adam knew he just agreed with Eve instead of agreeing with God. He was just as guilty. Yeah. And you know, so many times we focus on the problem or whose fault it is instead of what the root is. And so that's where our problem is. And this is why we cannot... Um, know who the enemy is and right. you know it causes so many problems in our marriages because we begin to believe that our spouse is the enemy instead of satan and you know if couples will turn on e- when couples turn on each other uh when they dwell on how their spouses have not measured up to expectations that they might put on them right and then negative thinking comes in and sneaks in uh to undermine their marriage and so recognizing the real enemy is a vital step to take to, yeah, to take in spiritual warfare. Right. And, you know, it says in um, Ephesians 6, 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. As married couples, we need to stand together against the real enemy, which is Satan. Mm-hmm. We need to stay in that intimacy with God first, then with our spouse, not allowing anything to wedge itself in between us. Right. And not even room for a serpent to speak deceit into our lives. 
we have to be grounded in the Word of God. You know, Jesus was a great example of this in Matthew 4, when, you know, Jesus was led into the, the wilderness, and the devil tried several times to tempt him and manipulate him. Um, but Jesus knew the Word so well to put that Scripture back into the enemy's face. Right, absolutely. It, it, he, The devil twisted the truth, which is what he did in the beginning. It's what he tried to do again. Uh, he did it with Adam. Adam and Eve believed a lie. And so they gave up truth. They gave up authority. They gave it all up. Jesus came and he tried to then get Jesus to do the same thing by agreeing with a lie. Mm -hmm. uh, but Christ knew the word, used the word in right context. So he fought off deception through the word. Mm -hmm. um, and he knew his enemy. He knew who he was facing, and he looked to God uh, to to get him out of that. I mean, he literally agreed with God. That's all he did. It was the same battle in the garden as it was in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. But Jesus was able to win yeah. because he agreed with God and did not buy into that lie of the enemy. And so many times we buy into the lie because the lie seems so natural or it's agreeable to us. You know, the devil will make you think when you're playing that blame game that, that he'll get your focus on your, your spouse because if you can then defer or shift what's going on in your own life to your spouse, then you have the ability to go, well, it's not really me, it's them, and I can't fix them, so I just have to let them know how wrong they are. You get, you get, you get wrong focus. When you get wrong focus, if you take your eyes off of God, you'll put your eyes on a problem or you'll put your eyes on a person, and then all of your fears and all of your failures will be projected on someone else instead of God who is exposing our own hearts and look, having us look within so that we can be redeemed, renewed, and restored mm -hmm. by, by looking into that perfect law of grace that Jesus Christ is for us. Yeah. And you know, Satan is just under the surface of our everyday interactions. He works to undermine what God is doing in us and through us. So we don't need to live in that fear. But we need to remember that God has given us a powerful weapon, the Bible. He gives it all in there, and it reminds us of who he is, who we are, and what is true. Um, a couple examples would be Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The other example is 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension and that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take, every, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, I love that you're talking about all this. This works in our marriage and understanding that our spouse is not the enemy. But a lot of times, and the scriptures you just read, uh, I'm going to kind of go over again quickly. But understanding that where the battle has to take place is just as strong or just as important as knowing who your enemy is. So, for instance, uh, you read the scripture in Ephesians chapter 2 and where it talks about... Uh, that when, when we're dead in our trespasses, we're made alive together in Christ. By grace, 
you have been saved and raised us up with him, with who? With Jesus, and that we are seated and he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that is the place that we are. That's where our power lies. That's where our authority is. So that, but that heaven that they're referring to, that is where God dwells. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the next scripture that you read, and it says uh, that the weapons, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, this is uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, like around 10, verse 10. And it says, flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. But we know these are two different places because there are no, there are no evil forces in heaven, mm -hmm. right? Jesus ascended to heaven. Uh, Paul talks about it in, in uh, 2 Corinthians. He said, uh, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. It says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which many may not utter. He's speaking there of the third heaven. He references the third heaven. We know that to be the heaven where God dwells. We know that the enemy was kicked out of heaven. So to say that there are spiritual wickedness in high places, or their spiritual uh, forces at work in of evil in heavenly places. Which heaven is that? That is the second heaven. And the reason I'm trying to get to this is because a lot of people, we fight. Now, what is the first heaven? Well, that's revealed in Genesis chapter 1 when uh, it he's talking about... Uh, the, the, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. And so that is the physical domain where we dwell. What, what most people would consider the only heaven. Uh, if you're not a Christian, you go, when you talk about the heavens, people are talking about the stars, the sky, the moon, the sun. And so things they can see, mm -hmm. things that they can touch. So the physical realm, um, that is the first heaven. Okay, now it doesn't specifically say it's the second heaven in the Bible where evil forces are, but we know they can't be in heaven, and we know we don't see them every day at work in our own lives. We don't yeah. see it. But the, the, the battle we're talking about in our marriages, uh, the blame game, all these types of things, we try to fight these battles in the first heaven, in, in, in our physical realm. Now, when we start to pray, where are we praying? Are we praying into, into the second heaven? We're praying into that. You know, we've been reading that book, This Present Darkness, with the, with the kids, and it's talking about that we empower angels with our prayer and that they go forth under prayer cover. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that uh, the, the prayer of one puts a 1,000 to flight, but two puts 10,000 to flight. Yeah. So as we agree together, first of all, folks, you don't know how much power you have in prayer, but where are you praying? If there is a problem that's manifesting in the first heaven, okay, it didn't start in the first heaven. It started in the second heaven, which is where angels and demons are literally at war over your life. And why do we pray? We pray because the Bible says that there are evil forces at work in heavenly places. So he's giving us insight into what we're praying against, right? Spiritual wickedness, evil uh, uh, schemes of the devil, but that it's not flesh and blood. So it's not first heaven. We know it can't be third heaven. So in that second heavens where all these battles are taking place. Now, conversely, if we, 
if we just talk about, well, it's all being done by, by devils and angels. And so all that stuff is none of my business. You know, we don't live there, but the reality is Christ said that we're seated in heavenly places, which heavenly places we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. The Bible says, well, many times, but even Stephen as a witness, he saw right before he died, he said, I see the heavens open and I see the son of man standing at the right hand of the father. Now we could get into that, but he, he, the Bible says that when he ascended, he ascended and sat down at the right hand of the father. Why? He's the right hand of authority in heaven. And so we're seated with him in heavenly places. That's where our authority lies. So we have to take authority in the third heaven to pray into the second heaven to get deliverance in the first heaven. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so uh, w- what I'm trying to get across here today is we are fighting enemies, but we're, we don't know, first of all, who we're fighting. Mm-hmm. We tried to expose that today. It's, it, it is the devil. When you think your spouse is against you, understand this, the devil and his demons work to manipulate and control to set you up. They, the birds of the air give us thoughts. And, and I want to say this, just because you have a thought in your head doesn't mean it's yours. You have to, the Bible says we're taking authority, casting down every vain imagination that would try to exalt itself up against the knowledge of God. What does that mean? It means that the enemy will be speaking to you thoughts that are counter to what God is saying. Again, Garden of Eden, did God really say? He's talking to Eve. Did God really say that you can't eat of this? What he doesn't want you to know is if you eat of this, you'll be like God. Where was the lie? They were like God. And by eating of the fruit, then all they found out was evil, which they were never created to know. We were not created to live in evil. We were created to live in the righteousness and presence of God. And so when we, when we listen to that enemy and we agree with those thoughts that come against the knowledge of God, how do we know the knowledge of God? We read the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. That is the knowledge of God. When we read that, then we, then we get ourselves the ability to fight in heavenly places because we understand that there is spiritual wickedness there. And so instead of fighting you, when we're having a disagreement, I can get on my knees and pray from the third heaven where I'm seated with Christ mm-hmm. into the second heaven. And I, over time, will see that manifest in the first heaven. Now, I know that sounds crazy, people. I know it sounds like a lot today that we're going over. But if you will get the concept in your mind that this is not a physical battle we're fighting, we are heavenly beings. When you are born again, the Bible says that all things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. New where? Inside of you. Your spirit is now alive. Amen? Amen. That, that we were dead in Christ, dead in our, de- we were dead in our trespasses, and Christ raised us up to be alive in him. We are now alive unto what? Unto a spiritual heavenly place that we have authority. Why did, why did Jesus say to them, the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said, it's, we call it the model prayer or the Lord's prayer. It is, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Give us this daily bread, right? Mm-hmm. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. All these types of things. He's saying to you, you are having this experience here. But what my desire is to do, because I've raised you up inside, uh, now we're praying that heaven would come to earth and that 
the third heaven would be manifest in the first heaven so that he can ultimately restore, because that's what's going to happen. When he comes back, he will bring the third heaven to the first heaven, and the second heaven will be done away, I mean, because the angels are going to win. They're winning. When we come back and God takes care of the enemy once and for all, right, or for the, at least for the thousand-year reign, then and only then are we going to be ruling and reigning with him in the first heaven while the third heaven is literally established here. Amen? Amen. So uh, without uh, getting into too much more, I know we probably threw a little bit at you today, and you may have to listen to this a couple times. Research it. Get into the Word. You go, well, I haven't heard that. Well, then get into the Word. Get into the Word. Research the Scriptures. There's plenty of things out there that talk about this stuff. It's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so... And uh, we just need to be more vigilant for the signs of that spiritual warfare and be ready to act. Absolutely. You know, and we need to move fast at the first feelings of that resentment or that unforgiveness toward our spouse. And because we don't want any of that roots, that those roots to take hold of bitterness to come in or cause trouble in our marriage, you know, and it begins in the marriage and then spills over into the connections with our kids if we let that happen. And so we have to cut the head off the snake and not let it take root. And then, and after all of that, then we need to remember to give thanks to God for all the times that he has protected us in our marriage and with our kids. Amen. And everything give thanks. And last week we talked about breaking those generational curses and all that stuff. But you, you we broke them off last week, but now we're talking about not creating them either. Mm -hmm. Because we may break off the past curses, but if we allow curses to come in today out of bitterness and anguish and that, that strife. The Bible says where strife is, there's every evil work. And so if we, if we allow strife to come in our home and we're doing all that, then the enemy has access again to create a stronghold, to set up shop and do things. So we've just got to be vigilant, as you said, to, to, to sweep the house clean, to make sure God is given the opportunity and, and that we are, we are constantly forgiving, moving forward and understanding that our spouse is not the enemy. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it for today, guys. Thank you for going on this journey with us as uh, we've been woven together. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, ring that bell and uh, leave a comment. We love to hear from you. And God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.